very tense, uh, very hectic during the descent, but we kept going and got down to the final minute before landing, and our trajectory wasn't right. With that bad trajectory, Apollo 11, the first mission to put man on the moon, was about to land in a field of rocks. Former astronaut Charlie Duke remembers Neil Armstrong repositioning the lander so that wouldn't happen. A few seconds later, Neil transmitted, Houston, Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed. Here we are on top of the stars. Never thought we'd ever get this far. We live for moments like this. We come alive in moments like this. Charlie Duke is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. My co-host, Jim Kirkland, is out of town, so he won't be here for this episode. Charlie Duke was not on board the Apollo 11 spacecraft. He was in Houston talking with the astronauts from Mission Control. But Charlie would get his own chance to walk on the moon a few years later, and you're going to hear him talk about that walk and his walk with God. GPS. God. People. Stories. Charlie Duke wasn't a Christian when Neil Armstrong became the first man to walk on the moon. And he wasn't a Christian when he first walked on the moon either. But since then, God has used Charlie's moonwalking experience to point other people to the one who made the moon, Jesus Christ. People all over the world want to meet somebody that walked on the moon. So we get opportunities to travel the world. We're invited by Christian ministries throughout the world. Churches invite us to come share our faith. And generally, people come to hear about the moon. I talk about the moon and the excitement and the fun of that experience. But then, of course, I conclude with my testimony, and I say that walking with Jesus is a lot nicer than walking on the moon. The moon was three days, but walking with Jesus is forever, and we can all do that. Charlie didn't begin his walk with Jesus until after his space career was over. Now, that career was soaring in July of 1969 when Charlie was Capcom for Apollo 11, the first manned flight to land on the moon. As Capcom, Charlie would be the designated person in mission control to communicate with the astronauts. On schedule, we started our descent, experienced a lot of problems during the descent, communications, dropouts, data dropouts. We had computer problems, computer overload warnings. It was, as Charlie described it, very tense and very hectic during the descent of the lunar landing module. Then, with only about a minute of fuel left, they realized their trajectory wasn't right. We had him coming into a big field of rocks. He couldn't land there, so he uh, had to use a lot of extra gas to get him over that, and so we were very critical on fuel, and I remember uh, calling 60 seconds to land, and then I called 30 seconds, and we still weren't landing. Tension was mounting in mission control, as you can imagine. So finally, I heard contact engine stop, and we knew they were on the ground. And uh, a few seconds later, Neil transmitted, Houston uh, Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed. When Neil Armstrong spoke those words, everyone in mission control breathed a collective sigh of relief. I responded excitedly that, Roger Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue, we're breathing again. And literally, we're holding our breath. Everything went a lot smoother three years later when Charlie was lunar module pilot for Apollo 16 in 1972. I kept pinching myself that I was really going to get the chance to land on the moon if this vehicle held together for four days till we got ready to land. And sure enough, we landed, and we were very close to our intended landing spot. I just shouted to Mission Control when we landed, Old Orion is finally here, Houston, fantastic. 
When Charlie stepped onto the surface of the moon, he says he was overwhelmed by the beauty of it. The moon to me was incredibly beautiful. Desert gray, shades of gray with very rough rolling terrain. As far as you could see was this gray of the moon and uh, then a stark contrast between the, the surface of the moon and the blackness of space. There is no atmosphere on the moon, so you look up into the sky in the bright sunlight and it's just jet black, velvety. What a contrast. So those memories are indelibly in my mind. As monumental an event as walking on the moon was, Charlie says it doesn't compare to his decision to surrender his life to Jesus. It was in April of 1978. It was six years to the month after I went to the moon. The groundwork for that decision, though, actually had begun to be laid years earlier. From my earliest recollection, my mom took my twin brother and me to church. We were faithful churchgoers, believed in God, professed Jesus as Lord, but it was more of a head knowledge. We were baptized and went through all of the rituals of the church as young boys, and it was really more of a head knowledge and rather than a heart. Jesus, to me, was a distant, more of a historical figure, though I said Jesus is Lord. I really had no sure, firm foundation that that was true. Nonetheless, Charlie and his wife, Dorothy, got married in the church. They raised their children in the church. But that's about as far as it went for their faith. Charlie says Christianity for him was just that hour every Sunday in church. After that, he was in charge of trying to make everything happen in life. But when I got back from the moon, thinking that if I had this ultimate experience and I was at the top of my career, successful, the world says, yes, get to the top and you have peace and joy and happiness. And I didn't have any of that. I was just still searching. That drive that took me to the top was saying, now what? What are you going to do now the rest of your life? I was 36 years old and my marriage was falling apart. We were steaming towards the rocks of divorce, two kids. So things were pretty desperate in our house. Then, in 1975, his church hosted a weekend retreat, and it was there that Charlie's wife made the decision to give her life to Jesus. Over the next several months, I watched her change from sadness to joy. I was leaving NASA at the time, starting a new career. It didn't really hit me that hard as it did she. Over the next couple of years, I watched my wife as she changed and had a spirit of forgiveness, a spirit of love, a spirit of peace. Now, fast forward to 1978, Charlie and Dorothy's church hosted another retreat weekend that they attended. There, I realized that this is either true or the biggest lie. I'd seen what happened to my wife as Jesus became Lord of her life more and more. And so, on some scriptures like John 3.16 and John 14, I think it is, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I realized this is either all true or it's a big lie. So that weekend, after that weekend, I made a decision that, yes, Jesus, your Lord, come into my life. And all of that knowledge that I had in my head went to my heart, and I began to devour the scriptures. I'd read several hours a day. And the more I read, the more convicted the Lord brought upon me, because I knew I was not living and loving my wife like God wanted me to be. I wouldn't treat my kids like God wanted me to treat them. I worshiped money more than I did God. So I just repented, and God delivered me from anger, unforgiveness, just everything that was wrong, and started to change our life. And it was really dramatic, and he saved our marriage. Jesus did for Charlie what he has done for countless people through all of history. He removed the blinders from his spiritual eyes. Now, Charlie sees the reality of God all around him. 
You might think he would have recognized that reality when he saw Earth from the moon, but he didn't. In orbit, you see Earth rise, and there it is out there, suspended in the blackness of space. But my impressions were beauty, a jewel of beauty in the blackness of space, and the thought of we're a long way from home. How far from home? Almost 239,000 miles. Now that I'm a believer, I can, in my mind, see that sight and just proclaim as the psalmist did, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the works of His hands. And I see the orderliness of the universe and the laws that God has put in place, the physical laws of the universe that holds it all together by His Word. And you can see and realize the beauty of creation now, that, that I didn't have that sense when I was there. Charlie Duke has a personal relationship with the God who created the universe. And he doesn't have that relationship because he traveled to space. He has that relationship because he surrendered his life to Jesus. That's what God is calling you to do, too. Why? Because God loves you more than you could ever imagine. We can tell you more at our website, BillyGrahamRadio.org. Click on Grow Your Faith. That's BillyGrahamRadio.org. Charlie Duke didn't just walk on the moon. He also rode in something like a dune buggy. And he'll describe what that was like in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. The supreme technological achievement of this century is the conquest of outer space. Billy Graham. No matter how many planets we visit, no matter how advanced our scientific achievements... If we fail to deal with the dark side of the human spirit, if we fail to conquer inner space, then the conquest of outer space will have no meaning. The solving of the various problems like inflation, pollution, crime, and a thousand others will have little meaning unless we can solve the problem of the human spirit. Yes, we are the people who have been conquering outer space, but are in danger of losing the battle of the spirit. But there is a solution. For millions, it has already been solved. And that solution is in Jesus Christ. Will you submit the inner space of your life to him who said, Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out? You could do it today by repenting of your sin, receiving Christ as your Savior, and you could find all the fulfillment that your spirit cries for. The message that Jesus is the one solution to all of our problems is the same message that Franklin Graham is sharing on the Decision America tour. He's holding a prayer rally in every state capital, and he's challenging Christians to boldly live out their faith at home, in public, and at the ballot box. You can learn more about it at decisionamericatour.com. Our guest on this episode of GPS is Charlie Duke. He was the 10th person and the youngest person ever to walk on the moon. He was 36 at the time. Not only did he walk on the moon, though, 
He also rode in a moon rover. It was folded up and bolted to the outside of the spacecraft. We deployed it and drove a total of 25 miles. I was the navigator. I had the maps. I had to get us from point A to point B. My commander, John Young, was the driver. It's very bouncy. <laughs> the moon's rough. It bounced a lot, and the whole thing only weighed 80 pounds up on the moon, so it had good shock absorbers, dampers and stuff, but it still bounced. Wheels bounced off, so you hit a, a little bump, and your front wheels were off the moon. And so It was a very dynamic, very exciting ride. We had our seatbelts on. <laughs> we sure do appreciate former astronaut Charlie Duke taking time to talk with us on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. You can find links to GPS and a lot of our other audio content on Facebook. Just search for Billy Graham Radio. I'm Phil Fleischman. Jim Kirkland will be back with me on the next episode of GPS. Thank you for listening to this episode. GPS is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Here we are on top of the stars. Never thought we'd ever get this far. We live for moments like this. We come alive in moments like this.